this computer. So we're recording. Okay, great. So it's you and I today without a guest and we're back. Um, how have you been? <laughs> back to, well, back to better, normal? Not completely, not completely, but uh, good enough to uh, have an episode. Let's yeah. put it this way. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. So I think worth telling our audience that we both had COVID pretty much at the same time. I think you got it one day after me. Yeah. One, one or two days or so, but um, okay. We're both recovered and everything's okay now, but that's the reason why we didn't have any episode last week. Um, but it felt like much longer than two weeks. Like oh my last God, that episode, was at least a month. Right? The, the last yeah. episode feels like ages ago. It, it does. I mean, right? that one week of isolation to me felt like at least two or three weeks. Time moved yeah. extremely slowly. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God everything is, is, is okay now. Um, so I was thinking, you know, it's, it's just you and I today. And um, I think it's a great opportunity to um, talk about things that we would normally wouldn't, wouldn't address because we have we've been having a guest on pretty much every every week mm -hmm. and you know ha having some episodes without a guest every now and then gives us the opportunity to talk about what you know have, have either like a more free-flowing conversation of whatever comes up or talk about something that we've always wanted to talk about and we never had the chance to do that to do so before yeah. and um you know, I was discussing with you before the the recording that I did do have one idea that I would like to talk about, and I haven't heard anyone talk about it before. And at the same time, I think it would be something interesting to um, probably most people listening, because what I want to talk about is something very practical and something that maybe most people can relate to because it's related to um, how to integrate, you know, everything that we've learned about spiritual growth to our working life, okay? Because most of us, we don't work in the field of healing and, um, uh, you know, we don't work in the field of healing maybe maybe not yet maybe we want to one day but right now most of us don't most of us we use this information for ourselves and in my case um i work in the corporate world um i work in a large multinational organization i've been in the corporate world for over 16 years now and um the reason i wanted to talk about this is because for a long period of my life, ever since I started to get deeper into learning about spirituality, but even before, even before spirituality, I started more in, into learning more about like personal growth in general. And then it got into more into deeper spiritual topics. 
I considered it separate from what I do at work. So I, for a while, it felt like I go to work and this is my working life. And I want to finish my working day so I can get to the spiritual stuff in my free time as if they are two different worlds. And that's, that's completely wrong because it, it's as if working is just a waste of time and the real interesting stuff is what happens after work. And, and in reality, okay, I realize I'm spending most of my waking life at work. And this can't be just, you know, a, a time spent so I can get things done and make money to pay the bills. This is right. most of my life, right? And it dawned on me that, you know, this is something, you know, this is time that I can use and that I should be using. Uh, I don't like to use the word should so much, but I mean, that I, it's an opportunity to, to use for, to grow as a, as a human being at work. And I realized this is something that can be applied no matter where I work. So it's not related to a certain job. It's something that anybody um, can do, regardless what field they work in, um, regardless of even if they work in a in a very corporate environment, even if they work in a toxic environment, you can still find opportunities to spiritually grow. And I'm not advocating to work in a toxic environment. If you're in a toxic environment, you should find a way out because you don't want to end up harming yourself. And we'll talk about that later. But still, I think these nine, eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours, for some of us, we even work more depending on what we do. This is very valuable time and it, it's an uh, immense opportunity um, to grow. So I, you know, no, noted down just some things I thought about of what I do. It's either things that I do already or things that I would like to do in an ideal world. Okay. And they're all, you know, applicable things that um, I think if you apply all of them, your your view of work will change. Your, your approach to work will change. Uh, your whole perspective of this time you spend, you're spending at work, if you're somebody that is that wants to evolve spiritually in life you, you, your your perspective of your time spent at work will change um so i'll get started Sounds then good. i mean feel free to interrupt me at uh, any moment as much as you want sure, um, to, to ask questions um first of all just to complement what i was saying before i don't think that um, well, I think that life is meant to be lived. Life is meant to life is meant to be experienced in its entirety, and that includes all the things we face in our day to day, all the so called problems, um, the the conflicts that can happen at work with people, the type of people we work with, the stress that comes with certain things. All of this comes with growth, comes with um, evolution. Life is not meant to be lived on a mountain, meditating in isolation, um, trying to find uh, yourself away from 
from society, away from civilization, away from everything. There is, a, I think, there is a definitely a time and place for that, um, in a balanced way. But it should be, it should be both. I mean, yes, there's definitely a time for being away from people to, for deeper self-reflection, um, and, and you know, for for you know, stepping outside, taking a break, and looking at your whole life in its entirety and introspecting there's definitely a time for that but that shouldn't be all of life and that's not the only time when um when spiritual development happens it it, it happens actually every day if you are taking advantage taking the opportunity of every day so how how to apply this at work okay um I think the number one thing, and I and I came up with ten things, so maybe nine or ten. So I think it's uh, it just it happened to be ten. So I think it's cool that uh, you know one of those uh, things you see sometimes ten ways to blah blah blah. But yeah, um, yeah so yeah, <laughs> yeah, so the 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 number one thing to me is intention. Mm. Okay. And intention is, um, for me, I define it as the big uh, why, the why you are doing something. You know, what is the purpose behind something? The ultimate purpose that justifies why you're doing something in particular. And for probably most of my career, I was going to work so I can um do a good job and not get fired um uh, so i can get my salary and pay the bills okay this is like a basic operate uh, you know way to operate the thing about intention um, um in general and i think our listeners are already aware is that your intention does two things it impacts the way you you behave but it also changes the external reality in a way that attracts the things or or manifests the things that help you um make your intention a reality okay so whatever your your intention is behind something yeah exactly It'll be matched outside. And it'll also drive you internally on how, how to act. So if my intention was, um, I'm just I'm going to work to work so I can make my boss happy and try to get a raise and try to make more money. Um and you know, just try to do a good job, and uh, you know, and when there's a crisis, try not to get fired. It's a very limited way of looking at things. Um, and now, what I do in the last few years, I as much as I can, I don't do this every day, but I, as much as I remember, I consciously, when I'm on my way to work, when I'm entering work, I try to remind myself, why am I here? What am I coming to do? And what I came up and I and I kept adjusting um, the intention until I found the one that works for me, which is 
um, I'm going to provide the highest level of service that I can to the people that I work with in a way that makes their lives better um, and contribute to other people's success around me so that they can have better lives. Yeah, okay. That's beautiful. So, and this is something that works I mean, regardless what your job is. Okay. On mo probably with most jobs, it can be customized or, you know, fine tuned in a certain way. And honestly, Mohammed, it doesn't really have to be something that relates to the work field itself. It could be just as simple as I'm setting my intention today to have a happy, good, healthy day, to be present, to be conscious, to look for opportunities, to be of service, uh, to be uh, uh, open for uh, uh, teachings and to be taught something new. It could be just as simple as that, renewable, everyday, different intention. Um, yeah. And I can only imagine just starting your morning while setting up that vibration and that uh, kind of energy uh, to, to, to begin your day with would have a completely different impact if you're just on that autopilot kind of mode, just going, getting things done and coming back. Yeah. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, it could be anything and and it could be something that changes. And the everything that you just said that okay, you're looking for opportunities to learn, you are going in with a good intention. It's something still higher. It's something coming from you feel that it's coming from your higher self, right? Mm -hmm not from your surviving self that is you know i'm just trying to survive you're not acting from fear not from fear exactly you're you're setting the day you're positioning yourself in love rather than fear exactly so whatever is in that vibration is going to make your day better okay for sure it 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 you'll behave differently and your day will look different and I noticed that this could happen just from the very first day you switch your intention. And the more you do it, you will find things gradually shift around you as well. And your entire perspective will change. I think a lot of spiritual practices are very similar to physical, very similar to going to the gym, right? A lot of these things are like practicing a muscle that gets... Um, stronger with time yeah. um and, and you know the more you do it you're just your mind gets accustomed to to doing it more nature, consist yeah. consistently yeah and it becomes easy and it becomes easier to do as well so this is this is number one to me is the intention okay um the, the second thing is um and this applies to work applies to all of life but work most most people we work with other people right so we work with all types of characters um depending on where you are it could be a small place or it could be a big place but you're typically interacting with other people right at work and you're interacting with people that you haven't chosen 
These are the people that come with a job. Usually it's all sorts of characters. Some are, you know, more, more friendly and kind. Some have different agendas. Some are more egotistically driven. Some are motivated by power. Some are, you have all kinds of characters at work. Okay, some of these people in, 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 you know, in your regular life, you would probably want to avoid, but okay, they're there, you have to work with them, and you have to have some sort of working relationship with them. The thing about that is, it's uh, any type of relationship is also a great opportunity um, for spiritual development. And I, and I see this for two different reasons. And here there's point two and point three out of, out of the 10. The first one is every person that you interact with is gonna help you learn something about yourself because the people that you are generally uncomfortable around is mainly because they're triggering something in you. Right, so people trigger different emotions in, in us, and at work you 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 might interact with people that are triggering either a sense of it could be a sense of stress, could be an anger sometimes, could be sometimes fear, some kind of insecurity. You're gonna notice things come up with certain people. And if it wasn't for those people, you wouldn't know these feelings. If you're chilling, you know, with your friends that you're very comfortable around, they're not going to tr trigger those things, you know, in you. When you interact with these people, it's a chance to, to know more about yourself. And then you go and you, you self-reflect, right? And this is something I, I did a lot, especially at work in the past when I had people more senior than me. And I would feel like I need to please this person or I want to avoid conflict with this person. I want to avoid confrontation. And then I would go back and try to think why, like, why is this person triggering this thing in me? There's something I need to heal in myself, okay? Because it makes no sense of trying to change that person. It, it, that's not the way. That, it's impossible. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. You, you can't you can't change the person, but you can change what you have inside of you. And so, if you are being triggered by something, then it, it is definitely an indication that there is something that's worth uh, giving your attention to. If you're triggered, that means that there's a reason why you're being triggered by, by that human being. There's a reflection that definitely needs to take place. He's mirroring in a way or another something inside of you that needs to be looked at. Yeah. So in many ways, these people are actually our teachers. They're just like a flashlight that mm -hmm. sheds the light uh, so bright into areas or into blind spots that usually we don't get the chance or the opportunity to look at because we don't get uh, to experience that sort of friction. But with them, when this actually happens, then these things come to surface and it's definitely a calling for uh, taking a closer look and healing parts of us. Exactly, exactly. It's about taking a closer look in here and, and healing those parts of us. And um, 
you know, it, it still happens until today, but it's also, it's, it's great when you reflect back and you look back a few years ago on certain people and incidences and situations that would have made me feel um, more insecure, more nervous, um, even, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, afraid of, of some people that are too aggressive or, you know, have that, uh, you know, overly dominating um, character about them that today I'm a lot more at ease dealing with because I did this self-reflection and I often go to my favorite tool that is EFT tapping that we had an episode about. And I tap on those feelings and I tap on the underlying causes of them. And then over time, I notice that they stop coming up and then I'm more at ease dealing with, with these people. Um, so this is, this is number two for me. I don't know, does that resonate with you? Did you ever have like, you know, I know in your previous, you, 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 you were working um, yeah. before you came to Dubai. Yeah. So I don't know if you had, you know, oh, different yeah, characters that triggered things. Uh, in. Definitely, definitely. I don't think it's, uh, it's something that you can avoid. If mm. you're dealing with people, then you are bound to get triggered in a way or another. And uh, yeah. I think uh, this is a difference when they, when they talk about the hermit or the, you know, the person who's living in isolation and he's all peaceful and uh, in continuous Zen mode, but then bring that person into the mud, into the, the actual life, let them interact with different characters and let's test then if that mm. Zen uh, state of mind and these uh, peaceful emotions are still going to be maintained or not. So I think this is actually the, the, the real battlefield where the learning happens and the muscle is being trained when you are dealing and interacting with others. And it's definitely something that I have experienced. Um, I worked, uh, uh, my background is in nursing and I taught nursing in university uh, for a while. So I was dealing with both different actually, uh, different kind of people. I was dealing with students, but then with faculty members, with patients, so with sick people and with families. And you can see the different hats that you wear during your work and how interacting with different positions and different people brings completely a different side in you. So yeah, I, I can totally relate to what you mentioned. The frictions are unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I want to link this to, to the next point because it's also about relationships because on, on the flip side, once you're over those unwanted feelings, then you have the the more positive, uh, the more positive things about relationships, which are the opportunity to build empathy with people, to be uh, to be kind to other people at work. And this is not something you hear often in the workplace. Nobody's gonna gonna tell you be kind to your coworkers. It's not a message that you hear at work. Um, now we hear more about empathy at work, but you know, 
sometimes sometimes it's just a, a slogan or, or something you know to, to make I mean regardless it doesn't matter why they say it it matters that you know how you embrace it so having all these people at work and all these relationships it's an opportunity whenever I'm in a one-on-one with someone and it's about work I remind myself that this is an opportunity for me to you know be in a state of empathy try to be kind to that person and you know practice that empathy muscle try to put myself in their shoes if I see them stressed or you know under pressure try to put myself in their shoes try to be the more supporting supportive person and then I feel good because you know we as humans we feel good when when we practice these things Um, but sometimes it doesn't come automatically sometimes we think more about ourselves or we we have our own agenda at work that we need to get things done. So I don't care what this person is doing right now. I need to do my my thing, you know. And and then someone might say, no, but, you know, if I'm empathetic, no, nobody's paying attention to that. I'm not going to get more a salary increase because I'm being that doesn't it doesn't matter. And I, f- somehow for me, it paid off very indirectly even though I wasn't planning for it to pay off. But the more connected to people I I am at work on this level, the more it actually helped me in my career, even though I wasn't doing it to help me in my career. Yeah. So, and you get tons of opportunities at work. But it makes sense, um, Hamid. Once we humanize each other and understand that we're not machines, we're we're beings with emotions and and pains and traumas and physical abilities and fears. And once we recognize that we are all of that and interact with, with each other, carrying that sympathy and that understanding, you are automatically helping others to feel that they're being seen, that they are actually humans. Yeah. And one experiences that not only automatically they will become that to others, but then I can only imagine what would that do to productivity? Coming, coming to work would be a much nicer feeling. You know, you're surrounded by people who are actually understanding, who look at you as a human, not as a machine. Um, it, it, it will move the perspective from just having to do it as a chore to probably something that's a bit more pleasurable, something that is rewarding for you actually to do. So I can only imagine that just by doing this, you're automatically increasing the productivity at work. And um, so it has to help work in general. It cannot go wrong. Yeah, yeah, because you are you are you are operating on a higher vibration as well when you're doing that you're going in accordance with universal laws some universal laws that you're in alignment with and those can't lead you to a it to an to you know to the wrong way they're they're only gonna they're only gonna help you and help the the people you're with 
And, and another one is forgiveness, by the way, as well, that I wanted to mention, because you have a, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to forgive people at work, because a lot of people are operating out of, out of fear, out of insecurity. They might say things, they might do things that are, you know, appear as if they're personal, appear as if they're, these people are trying to hurt me, or they're trying to um, backstab me, or they're trying to, you know, they can be interpreted in many ways. But these people are operating out of fear. They're trying to protect themselves. And even though it does, sometimes it can, some things, some words, some actions can sting. And that is where the opportunity comes to, again, to practice that forgiveness muscle. And every time you forgive someone, you know, you're doing it for yourself at the end of the day. Because um, the the opposite of that would be feeling bitter and holding a grudge, which you're only hurting yourself if you do. So again, work and work because you're going to work, because you're interacting with all these people, you're having the opportunities to reflect on yourself, yeah. forgive them, be more kind, while also reflecting on yourself, which is you're making yourself stronger so you can also put boundaries as well because it's not it doesn't mean you're going to become a doormat when you're kind right. and it empathetic yeah Being forgiving does not mean that you need to become the doormat like it, exactly 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 it's a it's a balance that uh, that you need to find but this is all an opportunity to do that by just reflecting and sometimes it doesn't come in the moment sometimes it happens when the day's over and you go back home and you think about your day and this is i you know takes me to the fourth point is what you do after work and you, you go home and you spend some time just reviewing yeah, your day before we jump to this point Muhammad, there's one thing that i want to reflect on here which sure. is this is a technique that i uh, found myself just naturally doing which is um, Whenever I am triggered by someone's behavior, a part of me is able always to find a similarity between their behavior and a way that I would behave in exactly the same way in some scenarios as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, for example, if I'm driving and there's an, an idiot who's just like, you know, just going really fast i'd look at him and i'll be you know what that's me this guy is actually me when i am late uh, picking up my son from school and i am so scared you know for him to feel abandoned or whatever and so i found that this technique always kind of builds sympathy towards the other that this person in a way or in a different scenario is actually myself he is me Mm. when this, this happens and i just find that forgiving then is just very smooth and easy yeah yeah um, yeah so. yeah that's one of the lessons that that we learn from other people that yeah i and i and what you're saying makes a lot of sense and it sounds familiar I'm, i must have read it somewhere that every behavior you judge in someone else you know look in yourself and see in what parts of your life are you uh, you know displaying a similar behavior whether exactly the same or something similar and you'll find that in some area of your life you might be doing that same behavior um and this is actually the 
the universe's way or God's way of showing you that you have that too. And it's she a reminder. She yeah. is you. It is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all a reflection of you in the end. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing. And um, then, okay, you go back. Once you're back home, there's also, um, sometimes I do it in my free time after work. Sometimes I do it before bedtime, but I like to reflect on the day and how it went. And um, unfortunately, I don't do this every day as well. Sometimes I fall asleep in, in the middle or, or, but on when I do, I find it a very valuable exercise, which is reflecting on the day um, and seeing where did I, you know, where did I behave in ways that weren't uh, my best self? Where, what were areas where I felt, um, let's say lower, lower level emotions. And maybe at that moment, I didn't notice it. But now when I reflect back, I was feeling certain things. Why did I feel them? And I, um, I make an intention on how I would like to behave, how I would like to act if this situation repeats itself. Mm. So that's something I like to do. And again, I go back to EFT tapping because it's, it's always for me the best tool because it's just so easy to do. And it applies to all, all sorts of situations. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you feel gratitude as well because um gratitude is, is something that immediately takes you to a higher frequency no matter what you're feeling and it's a big challenge to be grateful for situations that you don't like of course there are situations that you love and make you happy and it's very easy to feel grateful for but then there's these situations that are like you know why why did that happen <coughs> you know why that that you know that was really annoying that was you know something that really upset you to to i think to be grateful for things that you don't want is a you know is a high level um type of emotion that is not not easy for all of us to do but when you think at it of it as you know whatever the situation is it's something that is for my highest good on some way you're going to be grateful for it because even though i don't understand why it happened why did why did i make that mistake today at work and why was it caught and why did i end up in, you know in 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 a, in a situation where i had to apologize and fix things you know it wasn't pleasant but then I know that on some level, this was for my own good. Right. Whether I know, realize why or not, yeah. but I can, I can be grateful for it. I can be, you know, I don't know why, but you know, I'm grateful it happened. Thank God it happened. And um, it's for my highest good. And I, I accept it. You know, it's acceptance is another thing. You just accept it. Okay. I'm at peace that this happened and I'm, um, I'm just going to surrender it, let it, let it go. I'm grateful for it. And let's see, let's see what happens next time. 
Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I, I personally believe that when it comes to gratitude, if one chooses to, there is always an opportunity to express it and to experience it. If mm. you choose gratitude, you will find aspects and no matter how bad the situation is to actually feel grateful for something. Mm. Um, again, it's a matter of, it's perspective. If this is what you want to see, if you want to see the goodness, if you want to believe that there is a hidden uh, message, there is some sort of growth some sort of humility, something. There's something in the scenario that's talking to you. There's a reason for things happening. Uh, then uh, automatically gratitude flows in. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, in this last experience of testing positive, and it's my first time uh, mm. getting sick with COVID, and mm -hmm. so going through that experience, losing the very simple thing of, you know, not being able to taste and smell. Oh, okay. Much we take things for granted. Yeah. You know? Although mm -hmm. I was extremely frustrated because it was like you have removed such a pleasurable layer to life just by masking those two senses. Mm. You know, as simple as you know, if I were to hold my son and kiss him, there's nothing. There, there's no smell. It's like holding a piece of plastic. It's not there. A huge part wow. of the experience was gone. I didn't but, know you had those. I didn't know you had that symptom. Yeah, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't get it. By the way, I didn't get that. Oh, thankfully, thankfully, alhamdulillah, because uh, it, it's uh, it's a very interesting one, Hamad. I gotta say, and big part of me was just extremely grateful for the opportunity to understand the dimensions that we take for granted to this world and to this the beauty of, of, of this universe but i couldn't have realized that without that aspect being taken away right so sometimes yeah. the absence of something does trigger gratitude as well sure Sure, um, exactly. So it's not always the the adding to things or the addition or the you know having something that triggers this feeling. Sometimes it's a complete opposite. When it's taken away and you reflect back on how amazing it was having it and how much you'd want it back, that alone yeah. triggers the, the emotions of gratitude as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Gratitude is a, is a is a big thing, and I think it's um. It's not something that happens to to most of us. is is not something that happens on its own. There's so many times that you have to remember to feel grateful. Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes you have to remind yourself and do it intentionally. There's some people that are, I think, lucky. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're just, you know by nature they are appreciative appreciative people who like they have hearts that you know they just appreciate life and they are they have this mindset that they are always grateful for for things they're very rare um in in, in my experience but most of us we need to remind ourselves to to be grateful and this is another muscle type of 
Same, yeah. Think to exercise. I think that big part of it is very much related to where and how you choose to position yourself in this world. Mm. And what I mean by that is very recently I was introduced to the concept of that we are the creators of our universe. We are not the victims. Mm. And so with this understanding and perceiving the world and life from that perspective, I started realizing that things, no matter how bad they are, they're not happening to me. They're happening, they're happening for me. And when you move yourself from that victimhood to the creation and from the perspective of it's happening to me as a victim and I'm, I am the victim of whatever is happening to this thing is serving me in a way, maybe I cannot yet mentally decipher it or understand it, but I know for a fact this is for, it's serving some sort of goodness, whether I understand it or realize it or not, then automatically gratitude is there. Mm. The emotions are completely changed from feeling bitter about what happens, feeling regretful, feeling angry, to automatically understanding that there is some sort of wisdom, something is there for me, and understanding will eventually flow. But for now, I am grateful for this because it's happening for mm. me. It's serving me mm. in a way or another. So I think the perception of how you perceive this world to be your position as a creator versus a victim um, does something to, to the gratitude muscle as well. Yeah. How did, how did that concept um, come to you? Did you read uh, it? Where did I, you learn I read it? From? Also, it was during uh, my interaction with uh, Hadil. So she was our first uh, guest. Mm. And uh, yeah, so between really just spending time with Hadil and then reading uh, the Transurfing Reality, I think mm. the, between the two, and then putting pieces together, reflecting on my life and really testing to see whether this is true or not. What I love about this concept is that it's just extremely fair. You're not the victim anymore. You're not the result of whether you're lucky or not, to, or, you know, whether you were born into this family or into that country, these factors, all, all of it kind of dissolve. And the only thing that stands is that, what is it that you are creating? What is it that you are choosing to create? And that is the only thing that matters. This is the life that you are building for yourself. Hmm. And, uh, it just brought in a lot of justice and a lot of, uh, it took away the resentment towards, you know, why is my life, why is my scenario as a such? Why is my scenario is not that scenario instead? Hmm. Um, and yeah, for me, I, I, I love this idea of being the creator, um, the co-creator versus just, the victim yeah 
it's a very empowering concept. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I I believe it too. And it's something that uh, we weren't taught growing up. Even though um, there were signs of it. I mean, if you were to look at your life and our lives and lives, there are signs of it, even from from a religious perspective. If you read some of the texts properly, you will also see, find hints that point towards that you are everything. Actually, in, in some instances, it's quite clear that you know, whatever happens to you is because of your own choosing or your own doing. Yeah. Every, so it is, yeah, yeah. I, and and th this was point number five or point number six, I forgot where we are because I wanted to say that the next thing, just going back to the workplace is, is accountability. Mm. And accountability is, maybe also not a word that is often mentioned in the in, in spiritual um, you know conversations but what it basically means is you are accountable for everything that happens in your life and at work it it's a lot happens at work especially if you're in a fast-paced working environment and so easy to blame, you know, some sometimes natural tendencies to put the blame on someone else up because this person didn't do this, some person didn't do that. It's because I don't know, whatever. Now, I, I mean, I, maybe 99% of the time, I don't want to say 100%, but 99% of the time, whatever happens, I, I take accountability for it. I say, okay, I, since, this since this happened in my world that means i had to i had a major yeah. part to play or maybe i have the main part to play in why it happened and this is not a reason to blame yourself instead of blaming other people because the point isn't to blame the point is it because blame is again a lower what is blame blame is to is beating yourself up yeah. is criticizing yourself is up is is kind of hating yourself temporarily for something that you did and that's not constructive but the idea is just realizing and accepting that okay i'm responsible i'm accountable <laughs> i'm i'm the reason why this happened let me think back of what i could have done differently so that I do better next time. And again, the more you practice accountability at work, outside work in your life, you take more control of what you're creating or what you're co-creating in your reality. You become better at it and you become more conscious as well. So again, no matter what job you have, of course, it's everything I'm saying applies even if you don't have a job at all. You know, it applies in your you know, whatever life you're living. I'm just trying to point out that going to work is not a waste of time that can't be used, you know, for all of these 
for all of these things that we're talking about. But yeah, this is this is definitely you know one of the one of the essential ones. Um, then the next one um, that I'm still not that good at, but I'm getting better is using my intuition at uh, when it comes to making decisions work at work and in life but for some but at, at work it happens more at least in my case where i have to make tons of decisions every day and there's a lot of information there's a lot of data to base your decision on so if i do this this could happen this could go wrong if i do that and and you get in the the analytical brain that wants to analyze possible scenarios and seeing what is the best decision to make. And this is how work and business often um, operates, you know? Yeah. Um, if, 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 you, if, if you tell your manager, I made this decision because my intuition felt right, it, it, it doesn't fly. But I do believe that it is if you, if it really is intuition, then it's the right way to do it. And the reason I said I'm getting better at it is I learned through trial and error. There's been many instances with me at work where I am doing something and I suddenly get a flash and I get a really strong feeling that I need to do this or I, yeah, I need to tell that person and remind them about something or I need to stop what I'm doing and go do something real quick there. And there's many times where I ignored this and I kept, you know, I just, you know, I thought, okay, it's just a thought. I brushed it away and I ignored it. And then sometimes three, four days later, something would go wrong and I would remember that flash of insight or intuition that I had that if I had listened to that, this would have gone right. Why did I ignore it? I don't know. And it happened several times and I ignored it several times. Like I didn't learn. And now I pay attention to it now because it feels different. And the thing about intuition is it doesn't feel like the rest of your thoughts. It doesn't feel like you're just the, the, the brain chatter. It feels like a stronger feeling that just comes out of nowhere telling you and pushing you to do something. It's like a very clear insight. And it's often very strong when you catch yeah. it. It feels like outside of the rest. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it feels like it comes from you know, there's a big, not a big, but there's this, uh, there's a lot of uh, theories or generally where our thoughts come from. And one of the things I, I liked that I learned recently, which I'm still not sure if they're not, if it's, this is true or not, but it's like our brain is like an antenna picking up signals from a field, okay? Whatever field we're tuned into, according to your your vibration and what frequency you're on you're picking up thoughts you know so these thoughts are not yours they're not 
they're not generated by this biological piece of brain that you have it's not the one that's but it's more of what's picking up these thoughts and then this intuition is coming from a higher level that's why it feels different right it's like suddenly your radio signal just tuned in some somewhere where you know more of a truth level of what do you call it collective consciousness yeah you know and that's where the intuition comes from i read that it made it made sense to me you know all these things they made sense there's no way to confirm if this is how it really works or not but it makes sense okay because i mean no one else was able to give me a more um clear explanation so this one this one makes sense to me right now so anyway um intuition is it's something that also the more you in, in the present moment you are the more you're you you're you'll catch it you know if your mind is just have has all that chatter um it might get lost in in all the chatter and that's why people that meditate more often they have a more quiet mind and they have more clear signals yeah. And then, and then you you become more intuitive on, you know, if on what you're supposed to be doing moment to moment. And this applies at work. So, another another muscle to to strengthen. Did you ever have a an intuitive experience, whether at work or outside, where, or is it or or is intuition generally something you depend on in, in life, in your day-to-day? Um, yeah, I would think that generally speaking, maybe, and I'm not sure if females are a bit more uh, in tune with that area. But I noticed that uh, between working as a nurse and being a mother, uh, these are two very big areas where operating from your in- intuition was very much experienced. It was very much experienced. You couldn't ignore. Um, it, it's quite loud that you couldn't ignore uh, the voice of intuition. Like, mm. and it's it, uh, like, I don't remember specific incidents but i recall you know being around patients where everything you know about their vitals their physical appearance looked uh, completely normal but then there's something in you that was just feeling something that was wrong something wasn't fitting and then you're in that war zone between the logic and that voice that is based on nothing, you know, mm. and you can't really do much about it, mm. except for just keeping really a close eye. And I would say most of the time when I have that feeling, something will eventually happen. Uh, I mean, even with uh, my son today, for example, um, 
after I got sick, we became a little bit paranoid if, you know, he is yet to catch that infection, if we're eventually going to see him, you know, developing any kind of symptoms. So we've been keeping like a closer eye hmm. on him. And then today my husband touched him and uh, he was like, to me, he feels hot. I'm touching him. And I was like, yes, he feels warm, but that's not fever warm. And although it is both like a change in the temperature where they're both feel like a higher temperature but there is something else that cannot be explained in a mother's heart you know you know when your child is not well and you know it not because of that physical kind of uh, uh, input the information that you're getting there's something else is a different dimension that it's a voice in you that basically speaks to you and tells you things. And yeah. so um, I think caretakers in general, because if you look at nursing and being a mother, they both share that in common, which is you are taking care of someone else there. And um, yeah, you, you need to kind of tune in with that voice. Yeah, yeah this is a very... I mean, what you're describing is like a, even a stronger type of intuition that's not just a general one, but it's also something coming from a stronger energetic connection that a mother has with her son or daughter. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that, you know, you can pay attention to and notice when it's there and you can trust as well. Yeah it's 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 nice to feel that there is something you can you can trust because we're not we're often not sure about information that we read that we get bombarded with that we watch on tv that we hear somewhere but when it's coming from within you and you know this is your intuitive voice speaking you know it's true and you can relax and you can trust it yeah um so the other one for me is and maybe here i'll combine two or three together it's in situations where it feels like there's a big problem approaching and there's something coming that I don't know how to solve. And my brain starts to tell me that there is a big problem that I should be afraid of and I'm worried how are we going to solve it and all the disastrous outcomes that may result of it and all these things. That used to happen very often uh, to me at work okay just without getting into details i'm sure you know you can think of all these scenarios that, that that could go wrong and who could be upset and what the company could lose and maybe i'll get fired and blah 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 and here the the muscle to practice again is a couple of things two or three things one is being in the present moment Again, reminder that I am here right now and everything is okay. Right now, everything is fine. I feel fine. All that is in my mind, okay? So life is only happening in the present moment. So again, it's an opportunity to be mindful of the present moment. This is, this is one. The second one is trust, uh, trusting that 
things are going to sort themselves out as long as I am doing what I know how to do. I have good intentions. The word good here is, okay, good, bad, let's say, non-harmful intentions, or I'm intending to do the best that I can. And I trust that things will work out. And then the third is detachment. That, again, this is a, this is all sort of a dream, right? Um, that we're living in it, we're enjoying it, let's enjoy it to the best that we can. But if something, a disaster, I tell myself, if a disaster happens in a dream, I'm not going to care that much. And then it's going to pass. Same thing here, but this is kind of another level of the dream. Yeah. These three things, when I remind myself of all this, everything comes to pass. And the amount of quote-unquote problems in my 16 years of being at work that seemed at the moment like all hell is going to break loose and the world is going to collapse, I don't even remember them now. I don't even know what they were like. Yeah. Probably 500,000 times. I don't remember a single one this very moment. I can't think of any. It's like yeah. everything was fine, you know? And Life so what was, what was I worried way. about, you know? Right, yeah, uh, that's funny. I yeah. mean, one other thing, because when it comes to an anxiety, that's like my game. I am such an anxious human being. Like, you know, when people are susceptible to get depressed or anxious, that I'm more on the anxious side. Mm. And one um, advice that was given to me, because an anxiety really, you're very much uh living in the future worried about something that didn't happen something that might actually happen and mm. all the fears are are really triggered by that possibility mm. and someone once said to me when this happens and if it happens you are a different human being then mm. you're not the same person all of the factors around you are different. So why worry about something that you cannot even uh, understand what it is? You're not gonna be the same person. The surrounding is not gonna be the same. And so it's completely meaningless to try and position and fit yourself in that future because you're not the same Lena then. And this is extremely true. It's very true. I remember uh, before my father passed away, he was really deteriorating and we knew, we knew very well that he was leaving. But the thought of his death was so difficult to imagine how life is gonna look or feel like without him. And we were extremely anxious about that moment when it actually comes, when that moment comes. And guess what? Honestly, now I can say that worrying about it was much harder than when it actually the moment came and we had to experience losing him. Mm. You were different people. You, your energy is different. The aid and the help that you get in these moments are different. Mm. 
because you don't live in vacuum, you know, yeah. we're not alone. We're surrounded yeah. by so much aid that is there for us when needed. It's actually, we're able to tap into that. Yeah. And so, yes, my advice has been ever since, and it really helps me calm down, is that if it's if I'm not in that situation, there's no point to worry about it because I'm not the same human being. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's so true. And um, yeah, it's, it's great advice. And we know that it's easier said than done sometimes. Sometimes anxiety is not something easy to control at all, especially if you have very strong anxiety i mean sometimes you know these things but it's in your body right anxiety often is not only in your mind but also it's something in your body and it's energetic um so of course knowing this helps a lot and sometimes you have to go through it several times to really learn it and then of course you have all the tools that we you know on the podcast we try to highlight some of them as much as we can hopefully there's more episodes to come where we will on how to deal with anxiety and these things so thankfully we also have the tools to deal with it but this is an explanation on why anxiety doesn't make sense right why it doesn't make make sense then how to get rid of it practically is a is not always easy but these situations they really teach you that anxiety and just worrying about the future in general is a really just a waste of energy and um, it helps to remind yourself to be in the present moment meditation helps a lot praying helps a lot whatever keeps you mindful of practice of, of being in the present moment helps a lot so yeah that's a I big one of which i remember i think that was probably in year 2011 um and with one of the groups spiritual groups that i joined i was based in london then mm. and this group uh they're quite famous there uh they owned a huge uh like 600 year old castle and like 70 or i don't know like like huge acres of just forests and greenery beautiful beautiful place and uh, I went and I attended the retreat there for a week. And so everyone who worked in that place uh, meditated. So everyone from like the gardener to the chef, to the cleaners, to the teachers, everyone woke up at five in the morning. They had their meditation session. And so you were constantly surrounded by that vibration. Everything that the food that you're eating is cooked by people who meditated. Whoever is fixing your bed is someone who actually meditates. So the energy was just so um, pure. And they had this practice that to me, I, I think this is something that should be applied in every company. Hmm. They had speakers all around uh, the castle. And every 60 minutes, so every hour, they'll play a very soft music just for one minute. And whatever anyone was doing will just completely stop what they're doing and just be in silence. So you'll find like the 
place as busy as a beehive, you know, everyone is like moving, doing their own thing. And then the minute this music starts, everyone just completely pauses as if literally time stopped. And they'll just stop there. And to them, that was the continuous reminder to just stop, pause, meditate for one minute. And according to them, they've actually applied that to some companies from like an experimental point of view. And they saw how much changed in companies, the aggression level, people's excitement going to work, uh, how productive they have become. A lot of things changed that just with that one minute pause every hour. So it's one and minute every hour. One minute every hour. And so I, I would hmm. actually highly advise that, you know, if you were just to put a timer on your phone that runs, you know, just every hour for one minute, you know, you'll have like the alarm go, go, go off or something where you, it's like a reminder for you to just stop for one minute, whatever you're doing, and then continue after that. That's a very, well. very good tip. You stop for one minute and then in that one minute, what would you suggest the person does to do absolutely nothing nothing mm. there's no doing that's what we're doing all day is doing yeah. that is the one minute where nothing is being done mm. it's a very very that, good tip yeah and i think it's also if that beeper thing tells you to stop and you don't stop there's a sign there that you're lower self or your ego has taken complete control of you because there's nothing that's gonna drop if you stop for one minute yeah. one minute one minute an hour is not gonna is nothing in fact it was almost like a, a mechanism to set things back into perspective because I remember myself, like I would be in a very heated discussion with someone and then suddenly the music goes off. And so we need to pause for that minute. Yeah. And then it's suddenly, not heated anymore in the discussion. It's not heated as anymore. And suddenly I'm willing more to listen and I'm willing to, willing to consider a different point of view. So it was like a magic wand that came and, right, and, and right. did something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because in that one minute, you're whatever was defending was probably a part of your ego or whatever. And then it had time to chill. And then you go back. I was with here. Exactly. Yeah, the same goes to the other person as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's honestly, really cool after experiencing this part of me, uh, kind of understood the purpose behind Adan. So Adan is the calling for prayer in this part of the world. Um, uh, it's something that we hear five times a day and mm -hmm. hear it very clearly. And it is advised very much out of respect that when you hear the Adhan, you basically stop and pause and recite um, the words of Adhan. And I think this is really the purpose of it. It's like the setting of you to, to or the, the, the um, invitation for you to just drop everything and just be in silence for a few minutes you know, and that does something to us as humans. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a very good realization right there. I like it. Um, so anyway, before, before uh, 
before we wrap up, just the last thing I want to say is, um, is also the last tip. Let's say you're in a situation, let's say you're, a, you're in a job that if you don't like it for whatever reason, and you're trying to change it, and you're doing all that you can to change it, and things are still not working out, just know that it means that you're still supposed to be there because there's still something to learn. Otherwise, once the learning experience is done, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna shift and the other opportunity that you're looking for, whether it's another job or it's something else that you wanna do with your life, it's, it'll come. But the idea here is we're always in the right place at the right time. And this is another concept I recently learned because somebody was saying, you know, when somebody was talking about the right place at the right time and somebody was like asking, what, when, how do we know when is the right place at the right time? And the person was like, right now, like what? It's like now, now this is the right place at the right time. And it always is. Yeah. And you just keep that in mind. Whatever is going on, I'm in the right place and this is the right time because this is where I'm supposed to be right now. It doesn't mean you just chill and do nothing. You know, if you don't like something, you work actively on, on changing and it'll happen when it's meant to. But until then, there's no reason to feel frustrated because I, and I know it's not, again, it's, it's these things are often easier said than done, but we're talking, you know, in an ideal world and conceptually that we strive to be on that level. What, when we're frustrated, it means we haven't fully digested that this is the right place at the right time there's still some resistance to it and sometimes we have to learn um, to learn you know to learn it um and uh well i mean that's it i just wanted to to share these things i hope people are still listening <laughs> i hope i hope whoever is still listening Whoever is still here right now, you got to give this a like if it's on YouTube. <laughs> Push the like button right now because you're still here up until this point. And then copy paste the link or press the share button and send it to your friends who are, who are working and hate their job. Exactly. <laughs> because you've been listening for an hour and 15 minutes. So thank you very much. Something, yeah. All right. Well, that that's all. Thank you so much, Muhammad. That nice, was actually nice. very great. Uh, yeah, great it was. Tip. It was. It was. Let, let, let's have no guests from now on. Just and <laughs> no need anymore. Just just joking. Just kidding. We love all the guests. That, that I really coming. enjoy them. I really. Of course, enjoy all of all of all of them. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Lena. And um, thanks to everybody who's tuned in. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one.
Till then, take care of yourself. Thank you for being part of this Conscious Convo, episode 12. Take care. Welcome to Conscious Convos. This podcast is a space for conversations that inspire us towards better understanding and achieving spiritual growth. We do that by inviting different guests from all over the world to share their unique journeys, insights, and practical advice on how to live a more elevated and conscious life.